ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the You Mad Bro podcast, and I warn you of mature content ahead. This show aims to tackle controversial topics going on in the world on a week-to-week basis. The platform of this program is opinionated and occasionally supported by examples and facts, but does not ever aim to be definite. That being said, the views offered by our hosts and guests are not intended to offend or hurt the feelings of any person, no matter their race, gender, sexual orientation, political viewpoint, etc., They only serve as catalysts for poor attempts at humor and maybe a different way of thinking. If you're such an individual that is easily offended or cannot handle your own viewpoints being challenged, you've been adequately warned to not participate. If you're still with us, then please stand, kneel, or lay down. Just be sure to remove your ball caps for the national anthem. What? You mad, bro? Everyone settle down, settle down. Sorry if there's a little overmodulation in that start. Let me adjust. Uh, this is the You Mad Bro Podcast on Ambiguous Network, on ambiguousproduction.com. I can't say the flagship anymore, Nash, because people apparently think I'm, I'm right-wing, and people are not happy about it. People think I'm an asshole. That's, that is the feedback I have gotten uh, from the listeners of the show. People think I'm the asshole, and that I am, <laughs> I, I am leaning right. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think you, you're just so monotone. I'm just so eccentric and goofy and... Uh, strange, and I kind of present my—I kind of present my arguments like an asshole. Apparently, um, yeah. When you call you people I mean, out, you call them out. You don't—you don't really leave anything left. <laughs> I don't—I don't hold back. And if you think I'm an asshole, you can tell me at you Madwell Pod on Instagram and Facebook. You Madwell Podcast. Follow me on the gram at Will Tarish or Teeson Thomas A R A S H U K to follow everything I'm doing with Ambiguous Productions. I had a great shoot this past weekend. Um, with my old buddy Gary, New American Kitchen. So that will be coming soon. Not to the ambiguous network, but I like to toot my horn saying the stuff I did. So Nash, are you ready to talk about journalism and Instagram? Because nowadays, that means those mean the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I am ready to talk about it. All right. And of course, make sure you check out the other shows on this network, the Sam Bissell podcast. As we get into Oscar season is going to be popping all the good movies coming out there. Uh, all the latest news and clues and reviews coming from my big boy, Sam. Um, our intern, by the way. And his new Ooh. logo, gorgeous. New logo made by, of course, uh, Jared's girlfriend from the GDP podcast, Khalifa. Shout out to Khalifa. I love Khalifa. All plugs out of the way. Yeah, I love Khalifa, Khalifa too. Khalifa, you're she too is, good for him. She is something else. So we are talking about Instagram, our first story, and how they will be they will be testing hiding likes in the U.S. starting this week, as in last week. No, Nash, I haven't seen this happen yet on my account. Um, yeah. Have you noticed any pages, any of the meme pages we've been following, the, the, the moist Buddha pages, <laughs> the, 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 the likes, the likes not being seen publicly? Have you noticed this? I haven't noticed it, but I have seen memes about it. <laughs> like, uh, okay, can I elaborate? Get, no, it's like I've seen a meme that's like when all my like when you can't see all my likes, so it's got like a sad face or something. But it's like I can see them. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I, I I see all your likes, bro. All right, so you like you you this before we even get into the story, the overview and the details and the reactions to it. What do you think of this overall? Just by the headline, because so many people just read headlines. I'm looking at you out there listening to this who just reads headlines and you get mad and put in the fucking Twitter comments. What do you what do you what do you think of this? I think it's kind of I think it's kind of interesting, and I didn't really expect it because I feel like. That's how, like, a lot of their money gets generated, like, why people are using it to see how popular they are. So that's kind of surprising. They have done a lot of studies on um, 
like social media metrics and what people engage in and Instagram what do you know has? surprise surprise well facebook in facebook and instagram is pretty much synonymous but mainly it's a social media in general including twitter i'm going to exclude linkedin because if you want happiness and just everyone being their best selves go to linkedin and read the comments i'm telling you you won't be disappointed um but it's it's, it's anger people swirl and gravitate and interact with stuff they're angry about, hence this podcast. Um, so, welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Stay, stay, join, be, be a guest. Um, but people gravitate towards what they're pissed off about. So when the social media metric kind of picks up on what you're interacting with and their algorithm shows you more of that stuff, it's generated more to show you stuff you're pissed off about. So I think huh. this kind of change is trying and you know, when people don't get likes, there's other studies that are showed. I can't cite them because I'm just pretty much going from memory here. Um, that it's causing people to be upset, depressed, socially anxious, that they're constantly checking likes and they want that constant, like, um, gratification of their life through social media and likes and interaction. So Instagram's trying to do this to kind of curb, curb that back and kind of bring up more realness and normalness back to social media, which good, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That's off to you, I guess. So what they're actually going to be doing is they're going to start testing a feature this week, last week that hides likes counts on posts for some users in the United States. Um, so what that means is you will not be able to see the interaction on your friends or pages you follow. You will not be able to see how many likes or comments. Maybe, I think, no, comments, yes. But you will not be able to see how many likes that certain post will get. Now, if you are posting something and you get a like, you will be able to see how many likes you get. So, that kind of I think that kind of, de kind of defeats the purpose of this whole experiment here. Um, because you're still kind of getting that need and that high for the gratification, but no one else does sees what you're getting. What do you think of that? Yeah, that kind of, I guess that really doesn't target the issue. I guess, I guess it's, it's a small step, you know, that kind of makes sense. Cause I, I feel like everybody's more concerned with themselves. So it's really going to be all about that. How many people liked your photos, really the big one. But again, it's probably just a small step. So like if this goes well, you know, maybe they can gravitate towards that. Maybe they could just do like a, like a general like, based on the amount of likes you usually got. Like, oh, this post got a lot, or this post didn't get very much, or this post is kind of average, or like this is an all-time high thing. Mm -hmm. Now, this isn't necessarily a new thing either. This feature has been piloted in countries including Australia, Ireland, Canada, and a few others, which we'll name later on in the notes. Um, now, some people say this change will improve people's well-being and allow them to focus on content they post. Others doubt Instagram's intentions and are concerned about its potential impact on businesses. And I've suggested the feature oh. is in the comments sec. And some have suggested, by, by some they mean Cardi B, has um, <laughs> features that the comments sections are more of a problem. We will speak about Miss B later on. But this announcement was made by their CEO, Adam Moore. Morseri on Twitter, which I think is just hilarious. 
<laughs> like, he, he didn't even use his own platform to make this announcement. He went to Twitter <laughs> and, <it> said, <laughs> and said at Morrissey, M-O-S-S-E-R-I, heads up, we've been testing making li- likes private on Instagram in a number of countries this year. We're expanding more tests to include a small portion of people in the U.S. next week. Looking forward to the feedback. That's my voice for him. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's pretty accurate. Yep. So um, he he was in a interview. And he said, uh, and I quote, it's about young people. He said at a Wired 25 conference. And again, quote, the idea is to try to depressor, depressurize Instagram, make it a less of a competition and give people more space to focus on connecting with people that they love and things that inspire them. He also added, and I quote, we will make decisions we will make decisions that hurt the business in a short term if they're good for people's well-being and health because it has been good for business in the long term. Um, yeah, this is – I again, mean, that, sorry if you, don't, if you don't mind. That's kind of interesting because at, if, when it comes to mind, like that really doesn't make sense to me from a business standpoint because I feel like that's how a lot of revenue gets generated by them is those mm-hmm. meme lords that – get paid to just put stuff out just because they have a ton of likes and like anyone can that, photoshop a screenshot to make it look like you have way more likes of course and someone like kylie jenner you know she has sold um 51 share in her company for 600 million dollars a lot of that was made through her interactions on instagram and her ads on instagram and likes and reach that's how she makes her money and if it's going to be publicly known that you can't really see that anymore, then how do you really know what they're worth? Yeah, the value of that on social media, yeah. So people are upset about this. So this is essentially how I broke it down. People, this is unhealthy. You should change it. Instagram, okay, we're going to test this out and make this change. People, boo, you suck, boo. <laughs> we, we can't make money. <laughs> <laughs> why Why are you doing this to us? You're ruining the platform. So that's pretty much that's pretty much what I think how I think people are reacting to this, which I which I was I say, you know, I get why people are upset. Like this might hurt us. You know, we're in the business of Instagram trying to get reactions and people driving to our website that happens through social media and through ads. Um, but, you know, people I do think social media is a general issue with mental health and all this well-being and people do take it a little too seriously like i'm very private on social media i don't really post anything about who i am or what i'm doing but i use it to flex what i'm doing professionally and that's fine i don't really care about my personal interactions i care about my business interactions um but i think i think this is worth trying out because if it doesn't work they can always change it back like at least they're doing Something. They're trying something. We talk so much, people in this country, about action, nothing gets done. Props to trying. What if yeah, it works? At least what trying. if this is for the better? Yeah, no, it's good Good on them, I think. We're actually trying. Because I, I definitely think it is a very self-centered, egotistic thing. It is. It's all about not, me, not, me, not me, saying, I, you know, I, I. Not saying everybody is, but I'm saying, you know, Nobody's putting up bad pictures unless it's like a fake account that like four people follow, like 12 of their close friends follow. Like us. 
<laughs> at, at you mad book pod. <laughs> so, exactly. Like for for the little guy, for people who are trying to make a name for themselves and they're influencers on Instagram. I use that term very loosely, influencers. Um I call them this, meme lords. This this means you know that person has a fucking air conditioner on. It's forty degrees outside. My neighbor across the way, fucking psychopath. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think <laughs> sidebar. It's, it's, it's it, this. This just means you know what you're gonna have to try a little harder. Like we're gonna have to try a little harder. You're gonna have to try something a little different. You have to break the mold and be a little more creative. I don't see that as a bad thing either. Like change can be good. But also, I think this kind of makes likes essentially useless. Because if you can't flex how many likes you get, what's the point of liking something? And what's the in, what's what's the motivation for a user to actually like something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Sort of devalues like, like the whole when, thing. When, when you scroll when you scroll through something, why do you like something? Like why when you, why do you double tap to hit that like button? Oh man, that's deep. <laughs> it gave me a giggle. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I, I'm gonna be straight up because when I go through Instagram and it's like people, I I like it. If I follow you and I see a picture that you post, I like it. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't <laughs> I don't really yeah. read into it. I don't even look at it for that long. <laughs> No, I, you, I like you, it you, and you, keep you going. See it, yeah, you see it, you don't tap, and you go on. Now, if like if it's a meme, I don't really like memes. Really, I I laugh at them, but I rarely actually like them. I, I don't used, even know why. It's I don't see the point. But if it's like uh, yeah, a friend's I, picture, yeah, always like a, like like a, uh, a girl who's attractive. Yeah, double tap, like it. Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks, the finest ass on Instagram. If I could like it twice, I'd like it twice. I go, I go to the Umadbo post and let me make sure I like it twice. Um, yeah, I used or to. If it's not, like someone from college, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's honestly, if you're a real person that I follow and I see your picture, I like it. It doesn't matter what what it's of. It doesn't matter what you're saying. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah. And just I don't even know just why support. I like it. <laughs> it's just yeah, support, it's just, man. Just give, just give moral, the homies support. <laughs> moral support, I guess. But again, I, I don't I don't read the caption. I just, yep, and move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not reading it. I'm sorry. So, so, so what's the point of liking something? Yeah, I, I will say I, in the beginning, like for a very long time, I did not like the meme pages at all. Like any meme that I saw, even if it made me laugh, I wouldn't like it. But recently, I guess, honestly, I guess so people know that I saw it, really. It's just like yeah. trying to think of why I like it. It's like, oh, I laughed. Uh, I agreed with that. That was a funny thing that dog did. <laughs> like, it, it, it might also kind of depend on the post. Like if I see a meme, I'm more likely to send it to you, to send it to uh, Manny or to send it to some of my other friends. And, I, yeah. and I, I do that so Instagram knows, hey, keep putting these things in my feed. And I'll make sure – if I any of this page I really like, it's mainly Joe Rogan's posts so I can keep seeing them. Um, or for some weird reason, there's this actor Lance Reddick I like. And he's just like – you know the uh, – you know the um, – you've seen John Wick, right? Yeah. He's the bald black guy who's at the, who's at the, at the front desk. Oh, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I follow him the on Instagram. I like all of his posts. Yeah, the hotel manager. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, he's, he's like the concierge. He's not the actual manager. 
He's the guy who calls the manager oh, and yeah, says, oh, yeah, yeah. Mr. Wick is here to see you. Mr. Wick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like that guy. Uh, I, I don't know why I follow him, to be honest. But um, I all like things like that. I follow the guy that uh, his name is like Vladimir something. He was the Night King. For Game of Thrones, but he does like a lot of like the uh, <laughs> he does like a lot of the combat staging for the show and mm. other things. So like he's got a pretty cool post sometimes. Like it's him like and actors like doing like practice runs of like of a fight scene. Like, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into the reactions from people. Uh, many are concerned about how this will impact marketing strategies for businesses, influencers, or emerging act artists that use the platform for promotion. However, Karen Civil, I hope that's her real name, a social media strategist, argued that influencers shouldn't pay too much attention to how many likes their posts get. And this is at Karen Civil on Twitter, C-I-V-I-L, and then Karen, you know, the friend no one likes. Uh, she says, what sounds more impressive to a business? I paid for an ad and the post has a reach of 10,000 followers and was shared 500 times and led to 320 clicks on a link in the influencer bio, or I paid for an ad and got 9,000 likes. It's a good point. Like, when it comes to, I think people overvalue likes in marketing. Yeah, they, really but- care, they really care about reach, shares, clicks. And followers. Likes are nice. But that's the whole point of likes is that it's now public information. By making it private, you can't really. You can't really sell it. Exactly. You can't. It's not access. You can't verify that information in any way unless they're in there. They see your phone or (laughs) throw it up on the tablet. Like. But if, if you if you have a whole like social media campaign marketing strategy, it's a whole ice cream sundae. With the hot fudge, the ice cream, the whipped cream, I see likes as the cherry on top. You know, you, you can have a great Sunday without a fucking cherry. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like I don't know. I feel like that's a lot. Like how a lot of small, like up and coming, like that company that makes the knockoff AirPods, <laughs> like. Uh, like I imagine they're paying the influencers not a lot of money to just post you know a picture or a cheesy video they made mm-hmm. as long as it says sponsored content of course exactly because they know how many likes that person gets and how many followers they have and like yeah but to, taking, to, taking away the to, likes to it's like sorry sure but to karen's argument the followers the 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 views the shares and the clicks are way more important uh, how are the can you see those with like, this or, new strategy, I'm not sure if those will still be seen, but on Facebook, yeah. yeah on you can Facebook, like on YouTube, like yeah. Um, on Instagram, you can see views. Sure. I guess it's who your targeted audience is. Yeah. It's a big but, thing. So that's kind of like the whole overview of like likes. Hey, and I, I, like, let's, you can probably use Google Analytics or something or Thrive. That too. Or Thrive. Yeah. <laughs> And now they really did this. They're really pushing the whole thing of people's well-being and mental health and well-being, uh, wellness. But Nash, we're going to see if that's if that's true or complete bullshit. So this is what Car- this is what your friendly neighborhood Kardashian had to say. Um, Kim, of course, she says, "Quote: As far as mental health, 
I think taking the likes away and taking that aspect away on Instagram would be really beneficial for people, she said to New York Times. Um, she says, quote, I know the Instagram team has been having a bunch of conversations with people to get everyone's take on that. And they're taking it really seriously. And that makes me happy. Um, makes me happy, so, too, Kim. Yeah, Kim, if you're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, rapper Cardi B. Argued that the, that the comment section should be a bigger concern in a in an Instagram video just the top of her head. I swear to God, Nash, like she's like it's literally just like a weird hat she's wearing and like her forehead and eyebrows. That's the video on her Instagram live. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But I don't understand Cardi B. I don't think she's talented. That makes me alt right apparently. Um, but I don't, I don't <laughs> like you? her at all. I don't like her at all. I don't think her music's good and she's trash. But anyway, she says, quote, if anything is affecting Instagram's right Instagram right now, I feel it's the way the comments have been done or have been changing these past few years because I feel – People been saying the most weirdest shit, been starting the craziest arguments, been starting the race bait all because of comments, because they want to get on that top. They want to get the most reactions. Now, that is the most coherent thing I've ever heard Cardi B say outside of her music. (laughs) I mean, including her music, quote unquote music. But Ms. 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 B brings up a great point here because if you really focus on people's well-being it's the comments you should be going after yeah but you can't attack freedom of speech that's just absurd now can you who's reading comments who's reading the comments are people actually reading the comments you're right well i guess we do because of uh, what we do but (laughs) well no i will yes i see i read them for laughs though there's a difference between reading comments and engaging in comments that's true that's because people people will post something and they will go back every 15 minutes every 20 minutes if they get a reaction they'll look back every five minutes to see what that motherfucker reacted to it's this whole thing on owning the other person. Bill Maher just did a segment on this on his season finale. Shout out to Bill Maher um, about how people are too focused on owning the other one. The Dems are too busy owning the right. The right's too busy owning and demolishing the libtards in the comments section. When that when that's really just counterproductive. Yeah, I see that. When you I, have I like, understand. when you have like a credible news source um, saying. That, you know, Senator so-and-so owned so-and-so in the Trump impeachment hearings. First of all, it makes you sound super uncredible. And you have Fox News saying the other <laughs> and you have Fox News saying the exact same story, flipping it and saying Senator defending himself owns so-and-so libtard senator attacking him. So something like that, it's so easy to flip. And that's that's the Ari, that's the that's the case that Bill Maher used in the impeachment hearings. I didn't quote it directly. I'm sorry. Go watch the segment yourself. Um, <laughs> but and that that all that all also all stems from the comment section. I get you. I just I feel like that's just always been an issue. Like you can't control what people are going to say. If you're gonna do something weird or outlandish, of course they're gonna comment on it. Like that's just kind of predictable. Mm-hmm. But now, should we get rid of comment sections? I don't know. Because, Nash, I asked you this last week. How much of society do you think is made up of social media? And you said 
I said like 90%. 90%. Now, when people use the argument that Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, maybe not Facebook or Instagram because I don't know if they're public, but they're a private company. They can do whatever they want. Not if people think that 95% of society is made up of those platforms. That becomes public. Society is public. That's the public. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. Public. So you can't, you can't, you can't be censoring comments like that because it is a public space because that's what we define it as. That's what society defines it as. Well, huh. I guess it sort of depends on how you approach it because it's like 90, I guess like 90% of society is sort of defined by it, but it's also because the internet all of social media, all of social everything is 100% on the internet. Every aspect yeah. is on the internet of, of life. Literally everything. Like, you can't really say something social and connects the world and say, but it's not public. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's sort of how much... It, it really depends on how much do you view it as people putting their lives on it versus how much it is influencing their lives. Mm. Because, right. I mean, we all know people that are doing things just to get that post. Mm -hmm. The only reason people post anything on social media is for notoriety, is to get noticed, is to get a yeah. reaction from someone, good or bad. Otherwise, there's no point in posting. That's why I don't, that's why I don't understand why people have like private Twitter accounts that no one can see other than their followers. It's just like, I, I, I mean, I, when people say it's like, I'm a teacher, I don't want my kids seeing that, my students. Like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That, that totally makes sense. But other than that, it's just, well, what's, what's the point of having it then? So your friends can see, but this, Call them and tell them. Like, <laughs> just actually talk to them. <laughs> what? It's so confusing. <laughs> actually keep the people you care about close to you, maybe. Right? Like, God forbid. It's just like, um, that reminds me uh, of just like when people in college, like a few times they'd be like, yeah, let's just go here and take a post and leave. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Yeah. You're straight up going to an event, not even to like be at the event, but just to so other people think you were there for longer than you were. <laughs> Please, Nash. I remember week. I remember weekly street cleans. Oh, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's because we read the fine print. That's not because we wanted to. Hi, <laughs> right, Nash. There, there has been some pushback on Instagram, which I think is actually worth talking about and actually worth actually. Um, debating and seeing if this is the actual motive here. So Instagram is saying we're doing this because we care. We're doing this because we want our well-being for our, like, our customers and people to be better. But people are saying, yeah, well, couldn't that just mean you're going to drive people towards – you think it's going to lose business and they say it might lose business? People make the argument it could gain them business because now an advertiser is going to have to go through Instagram and buy oh, the ads through Instagram. My. God. Because you cannot see publicly what those posts are doing. You damn better believe that Instagram will. And you damn uh, better well believe they're going to try and profit off that. They're all about the money. <laughs> I 
I knew there was something else here. I knew they weren't just doing it to be nice. They just want to directly get the money. You can't prove motive. You can only go based on what they're saying it is in this particular circumstance. But can you see that being feasibly possible or could both be true? (laughs) Well, the thing is, I I have this sort of – very skeptical analysis whenever a big business does something for the well-being and it also has a chance of increasing their profits they're more concerned with their profits <laughs> well yeah because it's a business they say it's the same with government yeah <laughs> anything that anytime the government that thing was like the the, the, <laughs> n- the nine worst words in history. I, we're the hi. We're the government. We're here to help. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why you say you're Republican because I'm pretty sure you just quoted Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yes, that is what it is. It was Ronald Reagan. That's Ronald Reagan did say that. <laughs> Bill Maher said that on his show too. That's why I got that quote. So shout out to Bill. <laughs> but yeah, it, that seems. We'll we'll see, because if, like I said earlier, if this is just a small step and they continue to do things like taking away your personal likes, then then we'll know if they, you know, have everyone's, like, good intentions at heart. Mm -hmm. But if not, if they just sort of turn to more of you have to go through them to do anything... Any sort of transfer of money, then you're just gonna be like, ah, they're just doing it for money. Mm-hmm. And they and it, they have done it in multiple other countries. You know, like I said earlier, Canada, Brazil, Japan, Ireland, New Zealand, Italy, and Australia. And if it's working there, I don't know how well it's working in Brazil, but if it's working well in the rest of them, <laughs> it, it it has to be a good. I mean, it has to be working if it's expanding. Yeah, that's true. For better or worse, although I can't I can't necessarily comment on the the happiness of New Zealanders. <laughs> can anyone? Can anyone? Uh, if someone's out there from New Zealand, tweet us. Uh, go in our comment section. But um, over oh, final thoughts before we move on to journalism. Um, oh, fun about that one. It's gonna be fun. Um, I, I don't see this as a bad thing. I don't see this as as, as a um, suppression of free speech or expression. I see it as a test, a trial, and it's. For better or worse, it's being done in ways to improve. Whether that means socially, economically, or both, I think it's worth exploring. Yeah. I think I think it's good. I think it's a good thing to happen because let's be honest, we've all got like probably, I don't know, twelve people we actually care about seeing on these platforms. Like genuinely, like, oh, you see their content and you're like, let me investigate. Let me read. Let me find out like how they're doing. What's going on? Everybody else is just kind of there, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like the more we admit that to ourselves, <laughs> that like it's a it's a very small number of people who actually care like about you as a person. That I feel like everyone's going to do better just because they're not going to try to persuade a bunch of people who don't care to care because you're probably not going to win them over with a picture of you at the beach. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless you're Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> My God bad. Damn, yeah, sorry. <laughs> she is, she is, she is, she could wear yoga pants at the beach and you won't even who notice is, the water. What is she? Who is she? What is, I don't even know. Dude, she has like, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know you know, that the, is. 
You know, you know who framed Roger Rabbit like the chick in the red dress. How, like, <laughs> how, like, yeah, like like how her her waist is like is like a pen cap. Just um, doesn't make sense. Just physically cannot that's, exist. That's Elizabeth that's Banks. That's her. she. She literally like she like she'll stand like you can't see. There's no video here, but I'm standing and it's kind of shaking my ass out right now. And she'll stand there on Instagram, is taking pictures of her ass in yoga pants, and that's how she makes money. <laughs> And like she'll try on these yoga pants and she'll just be like make videos with like different yoga pants and her stretches and her workout routine. She's like one of those – she's an influencer. I use that term in quotes loosely. But she's good at it and she's beautiful. But she has she's, a – She's influenced She's what she, – clearly. She's what people point to and they say it's an unrealistic body image. It's like, oh, yeah, if it's so unrealistic, why does she have it? <laughs> looks, looks, looks pretty real to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm sure I'm sure there's some like butt implants or some titty implants, but hey, still it ex- real. It exists. It exists. It's like, I guess that's, I guess that's a good it, don't argument. Say it's, don't say it's an unnecessary expectation room. It's physically there in front of you. <laughs> like what? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> All right, but let's move. Let's move on to journalism. At a Northwestern campus, a school. So journalists say Northwestern school paper should not have apologized for protest coverage. Oh boy, this is gonna be a fun one. I can't oh wait boy. to people call me all right. I can't wait to people call me all right on this one. So a <laughs> Northwestern student paper apologized after activists activists critiqued it for covering a public protest. Critics specified specifically focused on a reporter who tweeted photos from the protest and other reporters using the school's directory to contact sources. Um, several outlets and journalists have spoken up saying the students reporters should not have apologized for doing their jobs as they were just doing what requires to cover a protest. The dean also put his um, comments in there of the School of Communication at Northwestern University. So let's get into it. So what actually happened? So when former, ar- when former <laughs> Attorney General Jeff Sessions spoke at a school's campus on November 5th, the Daily Northwestern sent reporters to cover his speech as well as the protests surrounding it. So it sounds pretty standard. That sounds pretty one-on-one journalism. Hey, there's an event happening. Go cover it, right? No Go anger cover there. the event and things happening around the event. Yeah. <laughs> what okay. is the event doing? <laughs> yep. So according to the New York Times, you know it's credible, protesters were pushing through the back of the building. Police tried to stop them from entering but ultimately failed. The series of events were documented by one reporter, Colin Boyle, who is a photographer for the Daily. Okay. Good so far. It sounds yeah. like journalism to me. Sounds now, like they're saying what happened. This, this, is where it, this is where it gets a little squirrely. I put that term in quotes loosely. <laughs> squirrely. <laughs> squirrely. Um, some of the activists attending the protest disagreed with the paper's coverage of the events, particularly the photography. Boyle posted his photos to Twitter <laughs> in a move some found to be inappropriate one student depicted the photos referred to as ready for this Nash trauma porn. I'm going to go to Pornhub. I'm going to go to Pornhub right now and type in <laughs> trauma porn. Don't, see what comes don't up. search. Don't search that. I feel like I feel like it's not going to be things you want to see. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm seeing. I'm seeing. I'm see, why wow, I'm seeing stepsister step siblings. Since when has this oh, been a God. thing? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> trauma porn. Latina celebrities, Zinema with a Z, and Marcena, le- le- lesbian sex scene, trauma, 2017. 
Oh my god. <laughs> oh, uh, we have and Washington favorite. porn with stepsister. Um, incredibly beautiful woman with big tits makes love. Best porn video. I'm gonna save that for later. <laughs> Just kidding. Or am I? Ooh, we don't know. <laughs> or am I? All right, all right, all right, all right. Back to the story. So that is what trauma porn is. Step siblings and Latinas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> now that all we've right, defined it, right. that's that is our episode title: Stepsisters and Latinas. <laughs> I, right, please so don't make that the title. <laughs> that's totally the title. That's oh, something why people say. That's something why people say I'm alt right or an asshole because I, I what I what I title these episodes. <laughs> all right. So this is what someone wrote on Twitter: Colin. Please, can we stop with this trauma porn? I was, I was on the ground being shoved and pushed hard by the police. You don't have to, you don't have to intervene, but you also don't have to put a camera in front of in front of me, top down. As a what? fellow photographer, I know how this works, and what? there are twenty other ways to document this. What? Dude. All right. So he is upset that he was photographed. I can understand him being upset that he was photographed because maybe it's embarrassing. Um, so I'm not going to sh- shit on this guy. Well, I kind of am. I'm not going to shit on this guy for being upset. I will. But, um, I want to know the 20 other ways to document this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so this, this is where I wrote on, on our notes on, on Twitter. Would you have preferred video? I, <laughs> I guess yeah, video is more accurate. But I'm look, like, I'm looking for these pictures he put up, dude. I just see pictures of him and Lil Nas X. <laughs> he took him down. Oh what? Yeah, because after you after the apology, he took him down. Oh, so boo, um, stick by your but, guns, man. But literally, so this this is this is what's happening. This is what this is what this is what this is what's happening to me. He's taking photographs of what happened at this event and published them. As a photojournalist. How dare he? That just, that doesn't make. He's there as a photojournalist. Taking photos and then sharing them. Isn't that what he's like supposed to do? Isn't that? Yeah, isn't that the run of the mill behavior? Isn't that textbook definition of, you know, journalism? <laughs> I know I I I poo poo a lot on journalism, and I bash both left and right wing media, mainly left wing media because it's more is more of it, and it's more in your face. But right wing media as well for being dishonest, clickbait, tabloid bullshit, but. I, I, granted, I wouldn't. I, w- I guess I would need to see the, the captions with these photos. If it's just a straight photos, that's literally just what happened. If he says Libtard gets beaten up by a cop, yeah, then that's, that's okay. There, there's there's some room, there's some room there's some room to work with there. I'll finagle you a little bit, Boyle. All right, Mister Boyle, you're being a little bit of a douchebag. But as far as I know, because the photo's been taken down, that's not what happens. 
So after facing the backlash from protesters, the Daily published an editorial on Sunday, last Sunday, largely apologizing for the coverage. He says, and I quote, we recognize that we contributed to the harm of students. We recognize that we contributed to the harm students experience. And we wanted to apologize for an address, the mistakes and address the mistakes that we might have. Fuck, Nash, you read it. Okay, where are we? We're right here. <laughs> We recognize that we contributed to the harm students experience, and we wanted to apologize for and address the mistakes that we made that night, along with how we plan to move forward. Okay. They also know that they saw the photos taken to be re-traumatizing and invasive. So Nash, this is the quote. Read this. Those photos have since been taken down, the editorial continued. On one hand, as the paper of record for Northwestern, we want to ensure students, administrators, and alumni understand the gravity of the events that took place Tuesday night. However, we decided to prioritize the trust and safety of students who were photographed. Boo. Now, Boo. again, I can, understand <laughs> the, I can understand the desire to have the photo taken down and even reaching out to the newspaper to take them down. And it is up to the newspaper to take them down. Now, I am not going to criticize newspaper for doing this. I will say they shouldn't have done it and they didn't have to do it. But if they wanted to do it, they can do it. And they shouldn't be they shouldn't be forced to put them up or or take them down. Yeah. Now, if your readers are saying, hey, can you not? And you go, hey, OK, that's fine. I think that's totally fine. But the act of trying to force him to take it down, I think is ridiculous. I don't think you should be get I don't think you should in any way be mad that they put them up. That's what they do. Yes, and you are at a public event, a public protest. It is the right of the First Amendment to protest. It's also the right of the First Amendment to document that protest. By news yeah. organizations or anyone, really, by anybody. So if you don't want to be photographed, try not being there. I can't find these photos. Like, that's really annoying because now I I have no reference. Like, I'm just going off of their word. And it's like if somebody just looks silly, like, you just get over yourself. But I don't know because mm -hmm. they took them down. Now, let's the, the let's, news stop let's, being news. <laughs> let's let's play let let's play the pretend game. Um, what was uh, Rodney King, for example? Yeah. Like he was brutalized by the police, I believe, and you know, like the, the pictures were released. Now, what if I believe I could be wrong? Now, what if the let's say let's say they were for the sake of argument. What if those pictures weren't released because it's trauma porn? Yeah, I don't – I get what you're saying, mm -hmm. and I agree to that point because it's just like you kind of have to look at bad things to understand what was going on. So you know how bad they are, and that's sort of I why say, I was just angry at this. Like I, I, didn't, I don't know how bad these pictures are. Like are they that bad that they should be removed from public view? I don't think they are. It doesn't sound like it got that heated. All right. Is it possible that a picture can be too bad to publish? From a journalistic perspective, you can put a, gra a, con a contains graphic warning, a graphic material warning, and make the reader choose if they want to view it or not, like Facebook does. 
That's totally fine. I have no problem with Facebook kind of monitoring that service so you can choose whether you want to look at it or not. But no, no, I don't. I don't think any picture is because at the end of the day, you're an adult and you can decide what you want to go see. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't want to see it, fine. I'm not going to be offended by that in any way because you don't want to see it because it may be traumatizing to you. It may cause some sort of PTSD or just some bad feelings you don't want to have. That's totally understandable. But if you're going to take it away from everybody, everyone's consumption, then that's just that's rude. It's very rude. It's a rude thing to do. You are literally trying to police the purest form of journalism. Yeah. I mean, well, take this for example. Um, 1945, we dropped the nuclear bomb, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. The U.S. government suppressed all of the video of patients and victims and essentially the loss of human life. They suppressed all of that uh, all of that photography <clears throat> and video until the 1970s. So nobody had seen, except the people who were there, the devastation that the nuclear bombs actually created on human people. They just saw what it did to buildings and cities and they just wiped it out. Nobody saw that until the 70s. And that's pretty much about as horrific as you get. I mean, that's photos and videos of people's like flesh being melted from radiation. Mm-hmm. It's about as graphic as you can get. So, yeah, that's traumatizing. Definitely, I can see how people would be traumatized by that. But you should by no means suppress that because now you have an understanding of what happened. And because I don't have an understanding of what happened in these pictures... I really can't judge it. Mm-hmm. I can't say how bad it was because maybe and, the uh, pictures I, make I, the I protesters look worse. I can't. It's probably what it is. It's probably an embarrassing photo because it's just like, oh, this makes my cause look bad. Uh, that's that's just me being. That's just me assuming. Um, but I'm Even, also assuming this is in no way, shape, or form anywhere near. <laughs> In nuclear bomb pictures. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> even that, even that isn't traumatized like enough to not view it. It's almost as if the more traumatizing it is, the more reason to put it out there. Yeah, like and traumatizing to who? To you, the person in the photo, or to, to other students on campus? Who is it traumatizing to? And why does that matter? Why is that important? <sighs> that could that could be an additional news story, and you could speak to the newspaper and do a, a follow-up piece, that's fine. That's another form of journalism. That's another side to the story that happens. That's fine. But to suppress exactly. it, th- that's it, cowardice. It just, it just makes it seem like they got caught doing something they didn't want people to see. And they're trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Which I, 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 this is, all of these are just assumptions because I can't see the photo. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but Nat, Nash, there, there is a, there is a there is a part two to the story. Um, so the 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 reporter or reporters took the pictures and then tried to reach out to the students um, through a a um, a school directory, a student directory with all their contact information on it. And I assume um, the pictures. And I assume the pictures. So they tried to reach out to them for co- the protesters for comment on the story, and you know journalism. Yeah, they right? try to do their job you tr- even more. You try and, even you try and get sources. There was, there was, 
Outla- Out- Outlash and Backreach. <laughs> Remember that from the archives? Oh, <laughs> Outlash and Back Outlash and Backreach. <laughs> <laughs> from from that saying reaching out on a student directory is an invasion of privacy. What? Now, let me ask you, Nash. What's read the, the point? Co- read the what statement the that you signed to get into the college. It's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is the point of a student directory? I, I, to, to, to find people so you can be to, discovered. <laughs> to, to be able so to people reach can out. contact you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's like it's like saying the phone book is an invasion of privacy that's like dude that's (laughs) dude that's just like i didn't read the fine print you can't do this what (laughs) you signed it (laughs) so the newspaper released another article saying quote going forward we are working on settling <laughs> guidelines for source outreach, social media, and covering marginalized groups. So maybe um, the people in the protests were um, minorities. Um, now, that, that tweet I read where they said there's other ways to document this, his Twitter handle was in Chinese, I believe. So Ma- I didn't Mandarin? include that. Something. I didn't include it because I can't read it. <laughs> okay. Maybe. It's I don't know. Chinese it was, it was, like, all right, never mind. Going forward. <laughs> it, it was it was it was written in not English. <laughs> some <laughs> some Asian some Asian um language. I don't know what it was. I'm sorry. Um Okay. But so maybe 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 that's why a lot of the outrage is coming from because you know the people protesting, I'm assuming because Jeff Sessions, a Republican guy, was a lot of you know, pe- people of color, the LGBT community, you know, marginalized groups. So that's another reason why they want it shut down because they think they have special privileges. But, again, like how, but this is like the whole thing. Like you bring up Rodney King, like if that video didn't exist because he was, he was the guy that got choked to death, wasn't he? This was in the nineties. Yeah, Rodney King. Was he choked or was he like shot? He is. I'm Googling it. I I should know. What did Rodney King die of? They they say alcohol intoxication. That can't be right. Construction worker turned writer and activist surviving surviving an act of police brutality by a Los Angeles police department on March 3rd, 1991. He was violently beaten by the L.A. So he survived. Uh, yeah, he was beaten okay. by LAPD officers during his arrest and fleeing and evading on a California on Route 210. But so if, he died in the, 2012, actually. If that video didn't exist, oh yeah, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at this photo right now. Yeah, dude, his face looks like Rihanna. That, the amount of oh my god, the amount of people that would have cared would have been substantially lower because there isn't mm-hmm. evidence. So by saying you want these pictures taken away, it just proves to me that. You look like you're making somebody else the victim. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, th- that victim has every right for that picture to be there. If you look like you're in the wrong, I- I'm sorry. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. So the reporters did speak out. News outlets and journalists alike made comments saying that the students' papers should not have uh, – the student papers should not have published this piece because the student journalists were just doing their job. Um, 
The Daily is apologizing for posting photographs of protesters at a public demonstration. In what world is that invasive? The Chicago Sun-Times editorial board said, goes on to say, quote, the real concern for anybody who cares about the state of our free society should be quite the opposite. The real concern should be that frequent efforts by government to keep journalists and protesters far apart to tamp down uh, voices of dissent. Yeah, I agree with all those words. <laughs> those are good words. That's a, that's they also good... defended students using the director's method of contact sources. Quote, requesting an interview via text or any other polite means is not an invasive invasion of privacy, not even in the world of campus safe spaces, whatever that means. Um, it's a request for an interview to which anybody can say no. Now, if they were using that directory to contact the same two or three people multiple times after a no or an ignored request, that's yeah, an invasion like, of privacy. If they're badgering them about it, then definitely. Yes. But um, you, you shouldn't get mad at information that you said you would give out. <laughs> uh, moving on, moving forward. Uh, Guy Benson, love that name, by the way, uh, not because he's on Fox News contributors, because his name's Guy, um, who got his degree from Northwestern, spoke about the piece on Wednesday in a segment on Fox and Friends. Now, Nash, can you read this for me? It was sort of grovishly. It was sort of grovingly, grove, <laughs> grovelingly. Oh, now we're uh, struggling. <laughs> sorry, it's a weird word. It was sort of grovelingly apologetic for doing the sin of journalism, he said. They committed journalism by asking questions of students, contacting students for comment publishing on the record quotes from people and taking photographs of public protests from a public event. And that is all just totally proper. Yeah. It's journalism 101. Now, a Huffington Post news editor, uh, Saba Ham, 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 Hamedi, Hamdi, Ham, I don't know. H-A-M-E-D-Y. I apologize, hey. Saba. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I will say... <clears throat> daily Northwestern drama. The best way to learn is to make mistakes. The best place to make these mistakes is arguably in college. Maybe the criticism from professional journalists will help them realize that they shouldn't cower when they're doing their jobs. I, I brought the, I, I put this in here because I think that's worth noting that you shouldn't be shitting on the, the, the student journalists because especially because they're students, they're getting those critiques from their peers, people they might even be in class with. Um, and they're learning. Um, they're, they're literally student journalists learning. And I, I do think they made a mistake by taking it down, but I don't think you should be jumping in their throats saying they're bad journalists or they're critiquing yeah, cause, them because they're, they're kids learning. They're inexperienced. They're trying, yeah, they're trying to learn how to, through the field and a lot of it's based off of popular opinion. Mm -hmm. So you, let me you, tell you, Nash, from someone who has a journalism degree from Hofstra university, um, we didn't learn none of this in journalism classes. You know what we learned? What? Words, words to grab the video's attention in a headline. <laughs> Action verbs. I, tweets, uh, tweets to use in your story. It's just like, Oh my God, this is such bullshit. But I bet they told you to, uh, Document what happened and then say what happened. <laughs> uh, you know, I can't really remember. Because uh, I took one journalism class and let me just tell you, like the, the professor said that a lot. <laughs> just say what happened. 
<laughs> say what happened. Who, what, where, and why, That's what these kids did. I mean, like, I understand being, them being upset, but there's no, there's no really grounds to base on their argument other than I'm upset. And that's not enough. That shouldn't be enough. But in this world, it kind of is in some circumstances. Uh, so the dean um, of the Med- Medill School of Journalism, Charles Whitaker, love that name too, published a statement on his, on his own defending the students' right to report on the world around them and condemning others for pressuring them into apologizing for doing so. Um, so he he gave a quote. So I'm glad the dean spoke out too, defending his students. I feel like when you ha- have a lot of outrage, you know, the people who are supposed to defend you don't. Um, yeah. So pro- I'm not going to read his comments because it's pretty much all the same. But there's no there's no really there's no real point of like giving in like this. So good good for these journalists. Good for the dean. And um, as for Daily's editorial itself. He called it heartfelt, though not well-considered. Um, so this is something worth mentioning. He says, I understand why the Daily Editors felt the need to issue the, the mea culpa. Good word choice, mea culpa. Ugh, oh, madon. Uh, they, <laughs> they were beat into submission by the vitriol and relentlessness public shaming they have been subjected to since the session stories appeared. I think it is a testament to the sensitivity and sense of community responsibility that they convinced themselves that an apology would affect a measure of community healing. So again, he's pretty much saying, I understand why you did it and props to you for doing it, but you shouldn't have done it. Yeah, but he was very polite about it. Yeah, it's it's at, like that's a good dean right here at the Northwestern School of Communication. That's a good dean. He defended his students and said, I understand why you're doing what you're doing, but here's why you didn't have to do it. Learn yeah. from this. So good. Good, good but work, Nash, everyone. <laughs> We oh, we God. we have the other side, which I like to call <sighs> the bullshit. <laughs> One student said this show that journalists often quote don't care about people; they care about stories and headlines. Which I go, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> it's like it's like it's like that meme from uh from Groundhog Day, not Groundhog Day. Uh, what's the the golf movie Caddyshack? Well, we're waiting. I'm I'm waiting for their point. He goes, or she goes, quote, as a journalist, your job is to protect people and always, in all caps, have your audience's safety and best interests at the forefront. Journalists often show their true colors. Like today, they don't care about people. They care about stories and headlines, which I wrote, this is just false. As a journalist- yeah. Your job is not to protect your audience. Because you know what happens when you protect your audience? You coddle you don't, them and they <laughs> You coddle them. You don't find out what actually happens. You get MSNBC, you get CNN, and you get Fox News. Yeah. You no, yeah, I I, I agree. You know, it is all about headlines, but that, that I, exactly, agree, I agree with that too. Exa- exactly what you said. It's be it's because like they just care about that like these kids reacted to what their audience said which they didn't have to do and you might disagree with it but it was a kind of a nice thing to do Mm -hmm. and it's like to attack them on that like for trying to make the best they're trying to do what they thought was best you're just you're you're being an asshole (laughs) they they, they tried to appease you when they didn't make a mistake I'm I'm gonna give another extreme example here, but like in in Germany, 
they have bricks with the names of every single Jew that was killed in the Holocaust, like all over the city. Um, Now, do you think they did that with the best interests of their audiences? What do you mean? No. Like, <laughs> all right, it's like, okay, here's a constant reminder of what your ancestors did. You're walking oh, like, on it. I, I've got, you know, a better example is sort of that, that movie Spotlight <laughs> about, <laughs> about the priest diddling everybody. That's what happens when you protect your audience. You don't tell them what's going on. Mm-hmm. You make them feel comfortable and safe in their own little head when really it's probably hurting them because they don't really know what's going on. Cause you're not giving that them that sort of collective understanding. They think it's one incident. They think it's one incident or a few incidences that are just happening there. It's when you sort of challenge people and what they're thinking that are really the beneficial moments of it. Hmm. Definitely. I I had another point, but I lost it. It's just how I don't understand how people think like this. Now, I would love to see I'd love to have someone on the show to have them like literally explain to me why they think like this. And I like we would give we would give you listening and you're one of these people. We will give you a platform. We will give you a voice and a chance to kind of explain to us and see your point of view like this of why you think journalism should be in your best interest. Like it's the same thing. It's not a publication's job to tell you what's in your best interests. You tell them what's in your best interests. You tell yourself what's in your best interests, especially when it comes to journalism, when it comes to social media, when it comes to government. They don't tell you what's best for you. You decide that as as an individual. Yeah, they just tell you the information. Yes. Especially in journalism. You're the one that has to decide what happens. Yeah, especially in journalism. Especially in journalism. Um, this is reporter Karen Coe uh, pointed out that many reporters were getting upset about this industry-related situation, but don't speak up as much about the other problems in the field of journalism. Um, she says, quote, such a lack of diversity in their newsrooms, declines in public trust, or how reporting can further hurt underrepresented communities. I'm not sure what you're trying to go for there. So there must have been a bunch of um, underrepresented communities in these photos. It has to be. Yeah, that would make sense. But uh, lack of diversity in the newsrooms. I, I, diversity as a whole, like I, I, I get why people it's like it's an, it's an issue and why diversity is important. But I think forced diversity is an issue, honestly. Yeah, if you're trying to force it. Like I guess yeah. I guess her, her point is sort of ignoring uh what's happening in these communities, not necessarily like trying to play up the communities, but just all mm-hmm. out ignoring it because the audience because just thinking I would imagine thinking of it from like an editor's point of view, you're gonna cover a story that can reach as many people as possible. So you're not going to cover the small amount of people in this area are going to cover the mm-hmm. big story that a lot of people will be attracted to. Yeah. Um, I, I will, I will agree. Um, there is decline in public trust. That's across the board, across all news organizations, left, right, and center. 
um, yeah. which think there, there should be more of a center news source, but there unfortunately isn't. Before Trump, it was CNN. Now look where that happens. Um, mm-hmm. Or how how reporting can further hurt underrepresented communities. I think underrepresented communities are um, covered poorly in a lot of circumstances. Um, so if she's making a point there as to where we can cover them better, I 100% agree with that. Um, I think even in the case of some protests, like even even Antifa, Nash, I'll even say Antifa. Antifa... Um, well, no, I'll, I can take that back. Antifa, they only, they only cover and focus on the good people of Antifa. I'll say the Proud Boys. Um, <laughs> the, it's, 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 it's the other way. Are there assholes in the Proud Boys? Most definitely, absolutely. But, you know, Antifa gets covered as the peaceful group, not there for violence. When you see the protesters, it's, some, it's sometimes more than not, arguably the other way around. Now, both sides are violent. Who starts the violence? I don't think it matters if both sides are violent. But you will never see the Proud Boys being covered as a group, um, as peaceful protesters, even some of them, because there are. Yeah. Now, granted, I realize that's not an underrepresented group because there's a bunch of white dudes. But well, I, well, I, think I, it's, I think it's still I, valid. I'd say it's an underrepresented group just because it's a select group of it's a certain it's a group of white people with a certain mentality. Mm. And even that, even even like, go ahead, finish your point. It was just that one big news story about them where you and me hadn't even heard of them until that was in the news. Well, I had, but oh, not, not, okay. not terribly. Just, All right, so I'll I'll even I'll even say Black Lives Matter. Um, a lot of people, a lot of right wing news organizations on the right likes to label Black Lives Matter as like a hate group and a, like a violent group and a, and all this bullshit, and they will refuse to cover them as the left covers them. As they're fighting for a cause, something they believe in a lot of peaceful protests. You know, both are true. I'm sure there are people who are to take their cause and get violence and are assholes. But most of them are definitely peaceful protests. And they're fighting for equality and a good cause. And they're underrepresented in certain media aspects. And that's fucking wrong. This is true. And it it goes back to what these kids did. They just said what happened. And as far as I can tell, as far as all the information I have, there was no bias. There was no bullshit. It was just the purest form of journalism. And I think it's kind of ironic that all these major news sources are saying that they're just doing pure journalism when they turn around and do the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Sit on their ivory horse tower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Nash, that's our show. Well, I'm glad you came along. And I hope yeah. you had a wonderful night. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've listening to episode number 23 of the You Mad Bro podcast. Uh, what was it? <laughs> Stepsisters and the Latinas and Stepsisters. Dude, dude God, please, any, anything else. Anything have, else. All right, Nash, what would you call this thing? Man, I, I I use that ter- I use that term loosely. That's I said I said that a lot. Th- I said a lot this week. I use that term loosely. <laughs> <laughs> For Latinas and stepsisters is so funny. <sighs> I, no, if that's, I just it, not, that's just not what the topic is about at all. <laughs> if I called it if I if I called it trauma porn colon Latinas and stepsisters, 
That would be <laughs> can, an issue. <laughs> can you just call it like traumatizing pornography? <laughs> no. Um, can I go trauma porn for 500? <laughs> all right, I'll give you that one. <laughs> all right, all right. Point for 500. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to episode number 23 of the You Mad Bill podcast, Trauma Porn for $500. <laughs> if you like what you've heard here and want to be a guest on this show and want to talk to me and Nash, whether you're left, right, center, Antifa, Proud Boys, whatever, you are welcome on this podcast. I'm not going to say if it's a safe space. That's bullshit. But I will say your opinion will be heard. And most likely, I'm probably going to agree with you on at least one, if not all of your points. So at least agree where you're coming from. Because this point, this show exists mainly, Nash, yeah. to, to, to form viewpoints and to get different perspectives from all different angles to help me, you, and our listeners grow as human beings. Really, that's my, that's my PSA for the week. Oh, wow. That was, that was so adult of you. I'm trying so hard not to be right wing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you are. But, uh, yeah, no, that's I think that's a very good thing to say just because you know we give as much access as somebody wants to take if you want to leave a comment go for it but understand you know that that's one comment if you want to come on and talk about it that's just going to be more more of a chance for you to say what you want to say about it mm-hmm. we'll be back next week as long as you stay hey.